The latest Made in Taiwan advanced jet trainer has been cleared for operational tests, the final step before mass production. The Air Force will be running the tests on the AJT, which is codenamed Brave Eagle. The AJT's developer, Aerospace Industrial Development Corporation, marked a milestone on Tuesday with a press conference at Taichung's Qingquanggang Air Base. During the event, the company chairman himself climbed into the back seat of a cockpit for a test flight. After becoming airborne, we split off left and right. After separating, we went to BVR mode for combat that's beyond visual range. Today's test went great. Based on the test protocols of the Air Force, the performance of this AGT will absolutely surpass that of the AT-3. When we hand them over to the Air Force and airmen start using them, the AGTs have to meet their requirements. We are proceeding according to our original contract with the National Chongshan Institute of Science and Technology and with the Air Force. So by the end of the year, as ordered by the Ministry of National Defense, we will likely have entered so-called mass production. That's what we're working toward. 66 Brave Eagle jet trainers are expected to be delivered to the Air Force by the end of June 2026. They will replace the older F-5 and AT-3 aircraft that are currently used for pilot training. The leaders of eight industry groups sat down with President Tsai Ing-wen at the presidential office on Tuesday. The president asked industry leaders to raise wages in line with revenue growth. She also said the government was doing all it could to tackle the shortage of water that's threatening production in central and southern Taiwan. On Tuesday, President Tsai sat with representatives of eight industry groups. Speaking on Taiwan's economic performance, the president sounded a confident note. Last year, our economic growth, as I'm sure you already know, outpaced all developed countries, ranking first among the four Asian tigers. Our growth forecast this year is also quite good. Our GDP is expected to rise by 4% or more. Tsai said her government would aim for more breakthroughs in three areas, industrial upgrading, optimization of the investment climate and the strengthening of global trade ties. She also said she was committed to ensuring a stable power and water supply, which are necessary for industrial development. We're also working very hard on the electricity supply. With regard to renewables, we're doing our utmost to finish more infrastructure projects to ensure a more stable power supply in the future. As for the water scarcity in central and southern Taiwan, which was created by the lack of typhoons, we're doing our best to make the necessary adjustments. We'd like to ask you for your cooperation and for you to bear with us. Speaking before the industry heads, Tsai also put in a word for labor. We expect the overall economic situation to continue to see steady improvement. So we hope that those in the industry, and especially companies that turn high profits, can give a raise to employees so that they too can enjoy the fruits of our economic growth. In years past, the president has marked the Lunar New Year by attending a banquet with industry lobby groups. This year, the banquet was cancelled due to the pandemic, and industry groups called at the presidential office instead to exchange views with the president. Kim and Galian Liquor Incorporated has announced a 6 to 12 percent pri uh, 12 percent price hike for most liquor products, effective immediately. The average price increase is 10 percent. In a press release, the distillery said it's raising prices for the first time in nine years. Over those nine years, costs have increased significantly for ingredients 
packaging and labor, it said. Even so, Tuesday's price hike has prompted a flurry of complaints from regional dealers. Kaohsiung is one of the most hotly contested constituencies in the country. Both the DPP and KMT have launched new ventures in their offices in the city in an attempt to bring their message closer to voters. From a cafe to a farmer's market, let's see what Kaohsiung's political spaces have to offer. White furnishings and luscious green plants turn this area into a pseudo-greenhouse. This cafe is in the DPP Kaohsiung headquarters. Sometimes I come past here. If I'm meeting someone and there's time to spare, I come in. The coffee's good. Politics often has a rather serious image for people, like party offices or the apparatus of elections. So normal people don't think to come inside a party office in a spare moment. But as we progress with the times, politics is getting closer to the people. So the DPP Kaohsiung chapter has renovated this building, which hadn't been done up in 20 years. We turned it into a place with sports and leisure and a cafe, somewhere people can feel comfortable. Throwing off stereotypes of a local party headquarters, the space is being called the most beautiful local party office in the country. Meanwhile, the KMT has its own ideas for sprucing up its space. This is an art installation for Instagram models. You sign your autograph and stick it on here. It represents everyone's prayers coming together. Last year, during the Kaohsiung mayoral election, Zheng Zhaoxin, campaign manager of KMT candidate Jane Lee, turned the party office into an Instagram hotspot, complete with pink photo area and coffee corner. Now the space welcomes a farmer's market. Some of our friends who are in agricultural production came to us for help with marketing. So we're giving encouragement and providing this space so more citizens can learn how good their products are. A political office is not the first spot for coffee in most people's minds. But with the contest for voters fierce in Kaohsiung, politicians are doing all they can to win hearts. Taiwan city government has helped to produce a line of stylish clothing made of recycled ocean waste. The trendy garments are made 96% from plastic bottles collected in beach cleaning operations. They hope the designs will bring glamour to the uh, long-overlooked pollution crisis. A breathable light blue t-shirt with a functional fisherman's gilet jacket and a rucksack. These stylish pieces are all made with PET bottles rescued from the ocean. Thousands of bottles are sorted and stripped of impurities so the recycled plastic can be rewoven into fabric and retailored into these stylish garments. Taiwan is an island nation, so ocean ecology is inextricably connected to our lives. If we carelessly dispose of our waste, then it will end up in the ocean. So we should reduce our waste production at the source. Scientists have estimated that about 8 million tons of waste enter the oceans every year. The Environmental Protection Administration has worked with businesses to create these plastic clothes, made 96% of recycled bottles collected from beaches. But the manufacturing process isn't simple. Just 1,500 garments come out of 8 tons of bottles. We will give the 450 items we've been allocated to members of our local Coast Guard teams to use as uniforms. In the future, we will continue to work with EPA policies to pursue reductions in ocean waste. These clothes are just a drop in the ocean when it comes to turning back the tide of plastic waste. But every little bit helps, and designs as stylish as this bring visibility to the cause. Taoyuan General Hospital celebrated the end of its COVID outbreak on Tuesday. After the successful containment of its cluster infection, the hospital fully reopened to the public the day before. 
The hospital is now back at the front line of Taiwan's battle against COVID, helping to run phase two tests for a local vaccine candidate. The crisis is over. Taoyuan General Hospital celebrated on Tuesday with the release of a music video featuring its staff. The hospital's superintendent had lent his vocals to the musical production. He'd also lent his arm to an even greater cause, the phase two clinical trial for Medigen's COVID vaccine. I've already finished my regimen. It's been okay. I haven't experienced many side effects. We've also gotten together some in the public who are willing to volunteer for Medigen's trial. With the goal of recruiting 3,700 volunteers in total, Medigen is now seeking older adults for its trial. Vaccination is already underway in other countries, and Taiwan is racing to procure foreign-made jabs and to develop its own. Adimune, Medigen and United Biomedical each have a candidate in the pipeline. Medigen was first to get phase two approval, and it hopes to secure emergency use authorization in June. At our 11 hospitals with emergency response duties, nearly all the healthcare workers have signed up for the national vaccination campaign. So I have a lot of confidence in our future vaccination campaign. Over at Taipei Medical University Hospital, 800 volunteers have been recruited for phase two testing. The first to get the jab was Lin Junmao, who heads the hospital's business development office. His participation in a trial managed by his own hospital had raised concerns over a conflict of interest. The Food and Drug Administration has responded, saying that there is no conflict, because Lin is neither directly responsible for the clinical trial nor a member of the staff carrying out the trial. Taiwan has lifted its ban on eating and drinking on trains following the easing of a COVID outbreak in Taoyuan. A ban to stop people from snacking on public transport was imposed February 1st amid a cluster infection at Taoyuan General Hospital. With the containment of the cl uh, cluster, the government has lifted the snacking ban for trains and restored non-reserved seating on the high-speed rail. The ban on food and drink has been lifted. On railway trains, bullet trains, and inside post offices nationwide, snacking is now allowed, though only if you can keep 1.5 meters of social distance between yourself and the nearest person. Masks need to go back on afterward. It might be better to hold off on eating, at least initially. I still feel it's safer to keep a mask on at all times. After all, the carriage is a confined space. It depends. On a short journey, I probably wouldn't eat anything. On a long journey, I might. Train bentos sold poorly over the 228 Peace Memorial Day holiday, averaging only about 15,000 a day. The Taiwan Railways Administration is now eyeing a 30% sales increase over a tomb sweeping festival. March sales are expected to increase by 20% compared to February. Along with the lifting of the ban on food and drink, the TRA and Taiwan High Speed Rail have resumed all their lobby space rental services. If there's someone eating on the train or in the station and we notice a safety issue, we will issue a gentle reminder about the latest pandemic precautions. Also on Tuesday, the HSR reopened its non-reserved seating for bookings. The HSR will add some 200 trips to its schedule early April to accommodate traffic over Tomb Sweeping Festival. Tickets will be available for pre-purchase starting March 4th. While six rice cracker products for children are being recalled nationwide after alleged flaws with its product packaging. The new Taipei-based Zhan Yu announced a voluntary recall for six products branded under the name Levik. 
The new Taipei's Department of Health said that during an inspection, it caught the company using non-food-grade nitrogen for product sealing. It said the company will be fined up to 200 million NT if it doesn't resolve the issue. In a statement, the company said it is launching a product recall out of an abundance of caution. In its 2020 list of best tourist attractions, the Taipei City government honored two museums for their outstanding foreign language services. One is the world-famous National Palace Museum, which offers a wealth of multilingual tours in both physical and virtual formats. The second winner is a bit more off the beaten path. It's the Guoyuan Yi Museum in Shilin, a one-of-a-kind place with all you ever wanted to know about Taiwanese pastries. For Mosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in. We will the teacher gives directions in English on how to make pineapple cakes. The participants mix ingredients together, sugar, flour, butter, milk powder and egg. They roll the dough and portion out pineapple filling. Then they cut and shape the pastries and into the oven they go. Lastly, it's time to package the treats. The students here today hail from Sweden and Germany. It's their first time making Taiwan's most famous pastry. It's fun to make the pineapple cake. Um, we don't have similar um, pastry in Germany, like like with the pineapple flavor and so, it's also not too common. I, yeah, I've definitely eaten pineapple cakes here before, but I've never made them. I've made similar, I've made some other types of Taiwanese pastries um, in the past, so it, it seems quite similar to um, some other ones I've made, but it's not, it's not too difficult. <laughs> the tours are conducted in Mandarin, English, Japanese and Korean. If visitors want to learn more about a topic, they can swipe the QR code on the glass. When a baby is a year old, it's called Zosui in Mandarin. Other than making pineapple cake, visitors can join a tour in English, Mandarin and Japanese. The exhibition space has QR codes that visitors can scan to get more information in English, Thai and Vietnamese. The tour includes hands-on activities about pastries eaten on special occasions, such as births, weddings, and festivals. It's very good to like after the Chinese introduction to have like just uh, someone explaining it in English as well. But uh, it was very smooth. There was no problem. It was very easy to understand and to get gain, get a grasp, get a grasp about it. And yeah, it was it was a bilingual explanation, and all of us understood it. And some and the parts of Chinese, we could also like understand sort of it a little bit. What I enjoyed the most was wearing the traditional costumes. Back in my home, home country, we don't have such colors and it was really fun. In January, the Taipei Department of Information and Tourism recognized seven tourist attractions for features like foreign language services and visitor safety and security. The Guoyuan Yi Museum of Cake and Pastry was one of the two winners of the Best Foreign Language Service Award. OR staff um, have to say maybe basic two language, Chinese ling uh, English or Chinese Japanese or Chinese Korean language. Um, now have the QR code language system, uh, have uh, English and uh, Vietnamese and Thailand language. And maybe next year we hope to provide uh, Malaysia yeah, Indonesia and Taiwanese Hakat language. The other winner in the category was the National Palace Museum. The institution now offers virtual tours of its collections in English and Chinese, accessible with just a click from the museum's website.
If you want to visit the museum in person, multimedia explanations of select artifacts are all. For Taiwanese who want to get in touch with nature, Xiaolie Liu Scenic Area is a popular travel destination. Located on the coast of Taidong, the site offers a campground which has recently expanded its capacity and facilities. Here, visitors can join a nighttime ecological tour to watch hermit crabs look for a new home up close. <laughs> the little boy poses for the camera. It's his third time camping in Taidong with his parents. This is our third time. It's close to the city and close to the sea. You get to leave the hustle and bustle of the city without going too far. Xiaoyelio's scenic area has jumped to capitalize on Taiwan's recent camping craze. It has set up 25 tent platforms and installed canopies on 34 campsites on its campground. The shower and restroom facilities here have electronic access control to ensure comfort and safety. This is my first time camping with a bathroom where you need to swipe a card to enter. It feels pretty fancy. Camping in Xiaoyelio is a good way to take in the local scenery. With many travelers heading to Hualien and Taidong instead of traveling abroad, vacancies on this campground are hard to come by. To bring visitors closer to nature, the park offers nighttime ecological tours. Join one to observe hermit crabs up close and learn about their anatomy. You can even watch as they find a new home. The children who come here love the hermit crabs, especially when they change shells. They squeal with joy one after the other. It's not just the kids who like it, even the adults do too. As they watch hermit crabs search for the right shell to move into, adults and children learn about the wonders of intertidal zones. Taidong Xiaoyelio offers a prime spot for camping and a chance to get closer to nature. Now we've found the perfect restaurant for viewers uh, who are nostalgic for a good old American burger. Taipei chef Hiro found himself craving the giant burgers he grew up with after moving to Taiwan. Now he's created an entire menu of baked burgers to satisfy even the most ardent meat lover. The burger patty alone is three to five centimeters thick. No wonder they call it the meat lover. Cut it open and juices ooze out. Each bite is a taste sensation. And instead of chips, the side is deep fried tortillas. This is the taste of childhood for the U.S. born chef. An almost five centimeter thick patty hits the griddle and sizzles satisfyingly. Pan frying on high heat locks in the juices. Both sides are browned to perfection. Then it's into the oven to bake to the center. A patty this thick would take 20 minutes to fry completely. The patties are composed of chest, stomach, shoulder, and back cuts. Some cuts are more oily, others are more salad. There's also the mini meat lover, hardly more than half the full-size version. Even mackerel can become a burger, blowtorch for extra flavor. American burgers with a Taiwanese twist. This one is braised beef tendon, tender and succulent after four hours braising. 
It also goes in the oven before being topped with fried tomatoes and rocket. This is the kind of burger you want in America. So I made a thick patty. It's nostalgic. You can't find this in Taiwan. Chef Hiro spent months perfecting the burgers to give meat lovers in Taiwan an authentic taste of the burgers he loved in childhood.